mar- we could do a marker. <laughs> just why not? And sure. um, we do like do yeah, it? just you know why not? This is a, you know these people are just gonna have to wait until it kind of all kicks off anyway. It's fine. Okay, um, just do one, two, three, clap. Um, one, two, three, clap. You guys were not synced, but you were very close. <laughs> it was really good effort, you guys. You were super good. Ah, oh, dear. Mark warned me about this. Um. <laughs> this is where, I mean, this is where if it was a kind of a Quentin Tarantino film, they would they would kick in with the, the fancy music and they would do the titles. Mm-hmm. So, um, Give us a montage. A montage. A montage of people looking cool. In dark jackets and kind of and maybe, maybe smoking cigarettes, but they wouldn't be doing that. They'd be vaping now, wouldn't they? Yeah, That's you're right. right. You're absolutely right. Serial, serial vapors. Serial, look, yeah. Looking like special effects machines on some kind of 1980s rock video from Motley Crue. Like, how is it possible that that much, that that much vape comes out of people's mouths? I don't understand. I think it's amazing. I think, you know, it's just one of these things. If actually, there's a new series on Netflix called The Mist. And I watched it all the way through, and it turns out that no, you didn't. Turns out the protagonist is actually two people really into vaping. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's how it kind of works. That's wow. great. Um, for everybody that's join for everybody that's joined us this evening, this is um this is a gentle. It's like we're not wizards after dark. <laughs> um. Welcome to We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I will be your your gentle evening host. You know, I hope you're relaxing. I hope you've had a good day. I hope you're maybe you're going to be kicking back with me and my friends, Mark and Lacey. Well, kind of friends. They're kind of acquaintances. They're people that we met doing this fabulous hobby, which kind of makes them friends already. So it's all very, very, very good indeed. Um, Mark and Lacey are part of the well, they're the main team for Orange Nebula and we'll get on to extra team bits probably later on in the conversation which is kind of good but um, you will probably recognise Mark Mark Neidlinger from um, as I say from Orange Nebula because earlier on this year he came on the show the first day of his campaign for Epoch, The Awakening now Epoch went on Weekend when we spoke the first time, when they've spoken the first day, he just seemed like, I think I remember saying to you, well, hello for your first day and you're kind of funded and how do you feel? So we had a conversation. So it was kind of exciting because we didn't know what was kind of going to happen. So um, I thought it'd be good to get them back on, but both of them back on because Mark is obviously the main, one of the, you know, the main people behind it. But Lacey was kind of like a massive kind of driving force behind it as well. You know, so good evening to you both. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's good to have you back. It's good to have you back on, Mark. You're officially a repeat offender. Hello, Lacey. This is your first time. Um, this is a fact. This is a fact. Um, this is not, this is a, a definite spoken truth. Thank you for coming back on, first of all, because um, it's a busy time for you. Um, as I say, we spoke on the first day. Do you want to kind of bring us up to speed, kind of what's been what kind of happened the rest of the campaign? Apart from it went absolutely kind of crazy, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'll give you a little bit, and I'll let Lacey answer probably more intelligently than than I will. But the the, the first campaign, obviously, we we canceled, and that was somewhat akin to falling down the stairs, um, mm-hmm. and then kind of climbing back up to the top, and then just taking your time and and, and taking it step by step. And twelve days was the distance between the two campaigns, and um, hit it hit it very hard the second time. I think primarily by creating engagement with, with other human beings um, and not necessarily trying to promote a product or a game even um, or have an agenda or try to push numbers. It was very much, hey, we've got just some cool ideas. What do you guys think and what, what, what does this feel like? And, and I think as the campaign continued, we started to gain momentum with the community and then at some point we just kind of stood back and watched it go mm-hmm. because I mean, it was out of our hands. It can, it, you, yeah. you saw what you were going to see. Well, just details wise. I mean, right. That first 24 hours or so we hit the funding goal. So we were, we were really excited about that and then expected it to just kind of, you know, slowly keep adding to it. And for the first what week or two, it, that's really what it did. It just kind of, there were a few thousand dollars coming in a day, you know, new backers coming in every day. But, but what was interesting was the activity in the comment stream. You know, the, the community was just involved every day. I mean, so much so that when some of the more active um, commenters would be gone for a day or two, the rest of the more active commenters are, are saying, hey, where's Big Tom? I haven't heard from him in two days, right. you know? So... Yeah. So they really, I mean, I feel like they really pushed the campaign the most. And and then the last couple of weeks as things really ramped up and we really, I mean, we just kind of threw our hands up and just, just watched everything happen and felt the adrenaline coming in. I mean, it was crazy. It was it was really amazing and really wonderful, and we're very grateful. Yeah, we had no no trolls in in the no. commenting, and we got a lot of comments about that. Yeah, and I think what was interesting to me is if anybody I think did kind of start down that path, then you'd have six or seven other people in the community kind of shut that down immediately before we could even get before, in there before we could even respond uh, because they're protective of of what of what the community was about, and you know it's interesting because I think. From the beginning, you know, this whole thing was just kind of a big test for me. It's a big education. You know, what 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 can you learn about bringing a product to market and creating engagement with with people who want to kind of rally around and make a charismatic brand? And so, my goal was never really even financial. I mean, I've got a full time job already, mm-hmm. and um, and so based on the decisions that I think we made from that perspective. I think people were catching on to that. I think a lot of it was, I mean, honestly, it went into the game too. Let's not, let's not, you know, uh, sidestep the fact that the game focuses on, on human element attributes and, and those types of things that I think kind of go along alongside the way we think about life. But, but overall I thought that was, I thought that was one of the most unique things that we've heard other, you know, Kickstarter folks uh, consumers are commenting like this, this community is just different. And so I've done a lot of um, Q and a with some of those folks about that. I mean, we heard when we obviously we had the chat with Mark, we heard about his kind of background. So what about yourself, Lacey? Have you always been a bit of a board, a kind of a board gamer? No, I mean, really I'm, I'm very into the, 
science geeky side of things. Mm. You know, I, I grew up watching Star Wars and Star Trek with my mom when I'm like three years old and we all dressed up and for Halloween in matching Star Trek outfits, you know. So so I have a really strong uh, pull towards these stories that have deeper elements yeah. and, you know, elements that really open your mind to things in in more than just your your reality. So I was drawn towards Mark and the game specifically because of the depth of the story that's there and what can be accomplished and taught through the playing of board games. So this is really a fairly new entrance for me into the board gaming world, but it really touches on a lot of things that have been close to my heart for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when the first kind of campaign kind of was, was going... Were you kind of, were you kind of, ah, well, you know, these things happen, you know, don't worry about it. Or were you kind of a bit of a driving force behind it to say, Mark, get your ass off the floor, pick yourself up, dust yourself down, because, you know, let's let's look at kind of moving this forward. Yeah, I mean, we sat in the coffee shop and he's like, man, if this doesn't work the second time, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, yeah, you do. I'm like, don't say that. You're like, all that you would do is keep getting up and you would try something else. And he's like, you're right. That's what I'll do. And I, I think I was texting um, like like Einstein quotes back and forth or <laughs> or Thomas that. Edison quotes, you know, how many times it took to make a light bulb. <laughs> so I gave him the day, you know, when he decided he took the day just all to himself to kind of kind of take it all in and decide what he was going to do. And, and I was just there sending Thomas Edison quotes, <laughs> putting those in his ear. Yeah, but I mean, you did, you did more than that because I remember there being, um, there being the video on the Kickstarter. And I think you were involved mm-hmm. with that one. Yeah, that was a big deal when we did the passion video yeah. where, where Mark and I sat down and, and really what we did was we wanted to focus internally and externally on the driving force behind Orange Nebula, Mm. you know, which, which is to inspire people. Mark and I even sat down before we did that passion video and we kind of laid out a bunch of the game elements that have been created and discarded over the last few years. Mm. And we, we laid out a bunch of these items and, um, and we sat down together and we kind of both wrote out what our intentions were for this second campaign, you know, so that the idea was that we were attaching our motivation to the passion behind it as opposed to the outcome. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that, you know, just just putting our intent there would have some sort of yield, at least in our energy that we were putting towards the game, too. So that's that's kind of something we did internally. And then that passion video that we put together, you know, we really wanted people to see behind just what comes in the box, you know, what comes in the box are all these game elements, the, you know, your cubes, you've got your cards and, and the actual game play is wonderful. But what's special about Orange Nebula is just our, our care for people and our desire to really help people think about life differently mm-hmm. and, and to be able to show that through the video that we put together during that, that break time mm-hmm. was, um, yeah, was, was definitely a focus for us. Yeah, and just on the heels of that, Richard, I think um, I highly recommend that was all Lacey's kind of kind of brainstorming and thinking. That exercise was kind of designed by her to to be intentional about how we're thinking about the passion mm. as opposed to the outcome. Mm-hmm. She said that really changed my perspective about how we were then approaching it. So even even though we were kind of in it. 
um, I, I, I think everybody could benefit from that, especially in an industry that's saturated with, with subpar mediocrity. Um, there, it takes a lot for the, for the cream to rise to the top. I think when, when there's so much stuff out there where people think they can bring a product to market with minimal effort and, um, that's kind of the opposite of how we think about it. Yeah, the idea for us is just that if we focus consistently on what we we call our heart missions, mm. you know, if we focus consistently on what we believe is important to to just bring to the world and to other human lives, then then the success is going to follow that, you know, because people really turn their heads towards things that touch them that inspire them. And that's what we wanted to focus on. And that's what we want to continue focusing on with everything that we do in Orange Nebula. It made it quite, it made it quite emotional. And I think that in speaking from kind of experience and looking at far too many Kickstarter videos, (laughs) there's, um, there's the, almost the push to kind of be flashy and technical and, you do occasionally see the kind of this, the kind of the guys just sitting there and saying, "Oh, listen, we really, really kind of want that." And folks are saying, "Nah, you know, you don't want that in the video." But it was kind of fresh to see you guys putting something like that out there. It's like, well, hang on, let me, you know, let's let's explain why we're doing this kind of thing on, and let's not just tell you, let's not just have a, you know, a a, a smashing looking video with a brilliant voiceover and amazing kind of graphics like it's actually put, well, we you know, had that too you, know? you did you did have <laughs> that but i've it's very rare for somebody to actually sit there face the camera and say guys this is you know this is why we're kind of doing this and i think that kind of mm-hmm. that spoke to a lot of people i don't think <clears throat> i don't think i would i don't think it's something i've seen very much since um mm-hmm. I don't know if it, I could. I couldn't imagine. Like I could, to be honest, I couldn't imagine you seeing maybe David Carl sitting down in front from Steamforge and saying, "Listen, listen, guys, this is why we're putting this together." Or Eric Lang, Seamonk, uh, um, again sitting down. He'll do the promotional stuff, maybe, and he'll go on camera and talk about it. But you don't, I, you know, you sometimes. So that kind of, I think that really touched on these things. Well, these guys are really, really kind of really, really real. When did it? I mean. The first campaign went, and then, as you said, you're kind of your geing kind of mark up, and you had obviously a training montage, and you know you maybe had the you know you're the best around kind of playing in the background just to get them kind of <laughs> going. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what you. film? What film? <laughs> Don't leave me hanging, Lacey. What film? No. Oh, Karate Kid. Thank you. Mark saves the day. <laughs> Mark's my boy. <laughs> yeah, but Crane Kid. <laughs> I just I just gave the crank. <laughs> I just, that's correct. It's brilliant. Um, but on the other side of it, when does it? You know, you're you're being encouraging and everything like that. When when did it when did it turn for you, Lacey, from it being, you know, this this has got real, and then it's like, well, this has really got real. To this is just kind of exceeding my kind of expectations because I take it it must have come from a bit of a. Sh- How did you? How did you find out yeah. about it being funded? Were you there at the same time as Mark when it kind of the the ping went off and it went congratulations you're funded or you know how did that transpire? Were you sitting in the same room? Were you in separate places when you kind of found out it kind of had funded? Well, again, we both have full time jobs, so during the day we're both running our agencies, yeah. and so 
so, you know, we're communicating via text message and we're both on, like, for me, I'm, I'm like, constantly refreshing the Kickstarter page. <laughs> I mean, like, literally every 45 seconds or so, and it doesn't even update except every few no. minutes, and I know it, but I still clicked refresh anyway. Um, but, but no, I mean, we were, we were in communication back and forth throughout all the days, but, but we weren't together. We were, we were excited, mm. and what, maybe we would probably send, send... I don't know, 10 messages a day back and forth, little updates. Did you see mm-hmm. that we hit this mark? Did you see that we hit this mark? Do you see how many comments we've had today? Yeah. Look, look at what the trending looks like on, 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 kick track. Uh, on kick track. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of constant like that. I think that, that the time that we probably celebrated the most was when it hit the hundred thousand dollar mark. Cause that was just far beyond what we thought it was going to. And then that last hundred thousand was really only the last what week or so. So, so three weeks, you know, was this kind of slow climb and we were just so excited. Um, and, and when it hit a hundred thousand, we, you know, we, we felt pretty awesome. It, it was, yeah, that was, I was out beyond, you know, elation when we hit a hundred thousand. Um, just thinking, gosh, all of the work kind of comes flooding back years of effort mm. and, and knowing that you might not have anything, and then when it got to like two hundred thousand, I'm 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 like needing a diaper. I mean, I, I, I can't I I can't control you know bodily functions at that point. I, I I don't even remember anything about that that few days. I, just, I know it was, I was such just a gone. Uh-huh. Um, it was like that last four or five days when it went. You know, when there was like seventeen thousand in one day, we were just looking at each other shocked. Yeah. You know, just just in total disbelief, but at the same time, just wildly elated. You know. <laughs> Because because we knew that what we were creating and what we were promoting was something that people would really love. So the more people that that got to hear about it and got to be involved in yeah. it, you know, we know that it's going to benefit them too. Because we've put so much work and and specifically Mark has put so much work and effort and intentionality into the game that we know as it goes out there, it's it's going to do its job of really helping people think about life differently. And that's the point for us, mm. you know. That's that's why we attach so strong to the passion behind it into the meaning behind it, everything that we try to do how many hours have you put into epoch yourself then Lacey, kind of playing i mean how how many times have you sat down the table and played through it well i've played through it probably about five times but i've been involved in a lot of the play testing because yeah. i'm there to help do the interviewing and whatnot so as we've been working through it and we're continually doing some play testing for the the expansions that are in there too <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> you know so we've been we've been putting that together. So my playtime hours wise, I've, I've probably played, you know, five to ten hours or so. But I've been involved in the play testing, doing all the interviews and everything, much much more than that. Did is this then entice you to kind of look at what else is out there, or are you just like, no, I'm I'm focusing, I'm focusing on this. I'm just going to stay in epoch. Or have you been kind of looking, going, oh, that um, that over there looks quite nice, kind of thing. <laughs> Option B. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark, Mark and I have have gone to. Um, we went to Indianapolis for Gen Con. Oh my we went up to Seattle for PAX West, right. and that kind of helped immerse me a bit more into the culture mm. and and introduce me into a lot more of the games. And what I'm finding that I'm sure most board gamers already really know and hold dear is just how how special and unique it is to be able to immerse yourself into the idea of a game and be able to to take actions with your 
player in the game and and then later in your day and later in your life you're you're thinking about that character and how that character took actions and it makes you think about yourself and what you're thinking about and what actions you're going to be taking mm. and and that to me is a really really valuable so i'm i'm really grateful to have that and i do feel like i'm i'm much more um into the industry as a whole did you find the kind of the the community really well, you know, kind of welcoming in general, kind of when you were at Gen Con and, and places like that. Was it kind of... That's like an understatement. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, everybody has been... I, I mean, when we went to Gen Con, we met how many backers? How many backers were there? Mm, I don't know that day. I mean... I mean, I probably met uh, 20 to 30 backers just on the one day that I was there <laughs> And, and they had come back because Mark had said, Lacey will be here on Sunday, you know, so they'd, <laughs> they'd, they'd seen Mark through the, through the, uh, you know, the, the days before. And then many of them came back and I got to introduce myself and got to meet them and we took pictures with everybody oh, and, really cool. and it was kind of surreal, but it was really rewarding to get to see a lot of the people face to face who we'd been commenting back and forth with through the entirety of the campaign. And they're like, dear God, when's Lacey going to be here? You again. <laughs> Who's this guy? Yeah, right. They're like asking for autographs and Mark would say, no, I don't want to do autographs. I'm like, Mark, they're asking because they love you. It's I know, okay. I know, I know. But they really came up. All three of them. Yeah. All three of them asked oh, for my okay. autograph and all 300 are like, when's Lacey going to be here again? <laughs> okay. Because I'm going to go eat a burger now. Oh, no. Don't cry, Mark. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I just want to go and go and get my burger. <laughs> Goes off. But is it weird kind of being board gamey type famous? Because having people that you don't know kind of walking up, recognizing the recognizing the logo or recognizing seeing the game and going, oh, I backed you guys. And then their little cups of joy kind of overflow. You know, as they realize that there's, 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 they're meeting Mark. You know, I just met Mark. I just met Mark. Is that kind of weird having people coming up to you? Because you don't get that. I guess you don't get that in kind of other kind of creative industry. I mean, you wouldn't get somebody, I guess, coming up to you and saying, see that guy there? He sorted out our brand. But it was, it, <laughs> exactly. it was, it was him. Come on. Go and say hello. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I see it that way at all. Um, I think people are excited about um, the 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 community and the togetherness and the gathering that board games, you know, kind of represent. And when they have a game that is really exciting to mm. them and that it's really kind of cool and has depth and story, connecting maybe with the creators, I think is fun. But to me, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think very many people kind of had that that. You know, it's not like Eric Wang, right? Like, I, I think he gets a lot more of that. Yeah, but um, on the other side, you're the guy, you know, you are effectively the little engine that could. Because there will be, out of that group of people, there will be somebody that will go home that night and say, right, okay, they will start getting their scissors out and they will get their dice together and they'll put their meeples and stuff like that together. And um, they'll be looking at creating a game. Yeah, I, I think I think that's true. They're... If, if anything, I I hope that people, if they encounter anything about the Orange Nebula brand, it would be, gosh, what can I do, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. if these if if this guy <laughs> can do it, 
you know, and I'm, I'm joking, but like, 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 like like Mark and Lacey, if these people, you know, over here on the West coast, uh, in the United States can, can, can kind of just, um, use their gifts and talents and abilities to, to put something really thoughtful together, um, and do a really good job and execute well and have the finished product be something that people want to use again and again. Hmm. Um, why can't I, why, why can't I, you know, start this business or, or, or create this product or, um, help some kids or whatever it might be. Um, that's really at the, at the heart of it. You know, we've had a lot of discussions about, you know, is it, is it going to be, uh, another type of product later? Is it always going to be games? Yeah. Um, and then we started working on the new game. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it could be a board, it could be a board, it could be a board, could it be a t- No, it could be a board game. It's maybe an educational device. I'm thinking, no, it's a board game. If you got the cut, if you got the cut, no, it's definitely a board game. Yeah, that's what we're doing. No, it's not that. No, it's a board game. No, it's not that. It's a board game. Um, Maybe it's a potato waffle. <laughs> it's a potato waffle. <laughs> that that's a better potato waffle makes a, you feel good and inspired. It's a potato waffle. It's made out of bran. <laughs> right. That sounds horrible. With flax seeds. I'm not buying that. It's got and maybe. Maybe just a little bit of kale in there. Oh god! And yeah. there's some, it's so healthy, it's disgusting. And there's some quin, there's some quinoa in it because yes. because yes, because nobody knows how to spell it and nobody knows how to pronounce it. Oh, don't be clever! And nobody wants to eat it. I know exactly. No, that's that's the kind of thing you get in kind of like kind of healthy breakfast cereals and stuff like that. Quinoa. Thanks very much. I'll have some of that. <laughs> you got I'll it, have man. some of that quinoa. That looks lovely. Um, has it... Ha, okay, on reflection, because I asked a question at the time, and if you listen back to the episode, I hope people do, because Mark's first episode was doozy. I have no idea how we're going to edit this one into any sense, but that's my problem. It's not anybody else's. Um, I asked you the question at the time, and it was, do you think you know kind of what was different about the first campaign that made you want to pull the plug over what happened in the second campaign? And now in the reflection, obviously I asked you on the first day, so you would have still had that kind of mindset. On reflection now, have you managed to kind of figure out potentially what was the big difference was between the two of them? Or on reflection? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of reflection that has happened. Um, I kind of am still in that mode. I think I'm going to kind of probably carry that out through the rest of the year and probably the rest of my life, just kind of being reflective about what we do. But um, initially, you know, I I asked a lot of people what they thought um, because, again, I don't feel like I was coming from a a position of expertise Mm. when launching a Kickstarter. And so I would ask some industry, industry folks, um, a lot of backers said that the timing was terrible because we were up against Zombicide, Green Horde from Cool Mini or Not, and then Lords of Hellas at the same time. And I thought, well, hmm. yeah, that's true, but you know, there's I, I, don't, I didn't think that was all there was to it. I think I think timing was critical, and if you look at like since those, there hasn't been you know a time in this industry on Kickstarter that that has been a worse time to launch than the one that I initially did. Yeah. Um, however, I honestly don't, I, I'm not going to take that cop out. Um, I would say that I don't think I was prepared the first time in terms of community building hmm. and especially on board game geek and really kind of 
creating a presence and, and, and conversations around what we were doing for long enough ahead of it. And um, timing is one thing, but if you have a, a crowd, you, you know, then you're going to crowdfund. And so if you build that crowd before, then the timing is not necessarily as crucial. And, and so in retrospect, I think we we're going to be much more intentional about that. And now that we kind of have a crowd, which yeah. is, you know, so we kind of feel a little bit fortunate there because, um, because we're building something new now, but um, it's, I think just being really intentional about listening to people and backers and responding to each one of them um, and asking industry influencers and asking distributors and asking people who are heavy hitters in the, in the board gaming industry, just getting the information, just having conversations and asking other people instead of just assuming that, you know, the answers I have talked to a lot of um, first time creators that just didn't want anybody else's ideas or opinions. They just had it figured out. And I've watched a lot of them fail. A lot of them kind of not do as good as they had hoped. Yeah. And then they come back later and be like, well, what did you do? (laughs) Well, I just, you know, I don't know. I fell down the stairs and then I got back up. (laughs) I I think um, if you're in that mindset where you have just got your own um, opinions and you're not willing to listen to other people, that you should, you should do podcasting. Um, (laughs) That's, that's why I'd never do a really good board game. Oh, I don't know. Because I'd be like, roll and move is the way to go. Well, who needs kind of miniatures? These flat plastic discs or where it's at, people. <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of thing. Tiddlywinks. <laughs> Tiddly, what, what's that game about? Are you joking me? Has that been done? Yeah. You get a disc. And what I was going to do, I was going to flick it against the other disc. And when you do it, it moves. Oh, and so then if you get it into it. scoring zone, then you score points. Has that been done? You're, you're a genius. Points. Is, is that like honor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you, are you, have you, have you found yourselves being influencers now? As in, do you get people that are actively seeking you out, listening to your opinion, wanting you to wanting you to talk about stuff, write about stuff, appear on things to, you know, obviously guesting on. I mean, obviously I had you back on because you're cool. And obviously, <laughs> and, uh, cool. I mean, never, and I've never spoken to Lacey before. So, you know, I said, well, you know, might as well. Don't worry, I'm cool well. too. Yeah, I, I heard. She's untamed. <laughs> this is accurate. <laughs> this is a true statement. Um, yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> have you, as your inbox has become fuller, um, are you getting kind of more people saying, guys, can you consider doing this? Would you write this? Would you do this? Would you give me some kind of more advice on this? Have people sought you out in terms of doing that? They have. Um, I don't want to overstate that. But, yeah, we've been approached um, by a lot of people that kind of want help with their campaign mm-hmm. um, advice. Um, and, and then even just some other other businesses and even other game companies that kind of were looking at our our product and maybe were thinking about how they could, you know, maybe create a partnership or fly it under their flag or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, if we were interested in that. Um, influencers, maybe a little bit more of a long-term goal. I don't, I don't really see us as having a huge voice. I think, I think once the product is in hand, yeah, people get to play it and share it, and then they have something that actually they, you know something tangible that they can share with the world and photos and experiences. We're hoping that that'll become more prevalent. Mm -hmm. And then, 
and then there'll be a lot more conversations around it. Right now, it's all still excitement. It's like, I can't wait. I can't wait till April or May. Um, when we went to PAX, we did connect with a couple different people who who also, you know, had invited us to do some of their shows and whatnot as well. Yeah. So so as we're creating kind of our, our plan for marketing as the game is going to be coming out in May, we're scheduling some of those interviews to to coincide with, you know, when people are getting the product in hand and that kind of thing. So we do have a couple more that we're, that we're getting to do, but we're trying to be really intentional about when we're doing them. There's, there's so many details to focus on still to, to make sure that everything's done and done properly. So we're trying to be pretty intentional on the sequence that we're, Mm -hmm. that we're putting our attention towards. That's true. And did you find, um, did you find with the pledges that you got in the, um, was there quite a bit of retail interest because of the community that was built up because of how well you were funded? Did that end up, because that ended up becoming something that you have to consider as well, the kind of the retail factor side of things now? Well, I think, I think the long-term goal again is to get more into retail. What I'm finding, um, at least in our experience is that you kind of have to have, a a successful product to really start to drive the demand from a retailer or from a distributor. Mm. You kind of almost, it's a catch 22. You kind of have to bring something into the world and then kind of create the demand. Um, I talked to a distributor yesterday about, um, you know, X amount of units that he, he knows he can sell, Mm -hmm. um, based on this. And, um, but over time, um, you know, People are drawn. I mean, there's there's just a really small percentage of board games that sell continuously year after year after year as as kind of bestsellers, and a lot of them just kind of fall off and go to the graveyard. Yeah, um, and they'll sell a few copies here and there. But um, and and I think that culturally, because we're so saturated with product in the board game industry, um, it's really hard to determine what the good games are from from the bad ones. It's it's become a little cluttered and it's become a little muddy, and and so I'm seeing a lot more trends of of games that kind of um, come out and there's maybe eight percent, eight to ten percent that actually persist at that top list that, that I think are in demand year after year, mm-hmm. and so it it's almost like a movie, right? Like a movie release. It's like you go, you you, you participate in it, and it's always there. But um, but it's not necessarily like an epic movie, um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you'd want to watch again and again and again. Only the good games are going to do that. Yeah, yeah. The the interesting thing there's there appears to be also being a, like a tale on games that kind of happens two three two three to six months after the games come out, because I saw it with um, I saw it with Blood Rage. And I saw Blood Rage go on Kickstarter and everybody's like, yeah, Blood Rage, get on. And everybody was going crazy for Blood Rage. It funded extremely well. And then it kind of went through a bit of a dip because I think there was issues regarding fulfillment. And then everybody got it in their hands and there was a little bit of, no, well, at least I've got it. And then three, six months later, people are saying, actually, this is really, really good. And it kind of brought the excitement levels up again, and now people are kind of, people are now seeking it out to try and actually get the hold of their their copy of the games. I'm seeing that happen kind of more and more. One of the other ones I saw recently, I think, was um, was Anachrony. Mm, yeah. Which um, I remember, 
I remember looking at I remember looking at that campaign and going, yeah, I just don't you know I don't have the funds for that, and then kind of leaving it, and then it kind of disappeared, and then all of a sudden from out of nowhere, people are talking about it again, um, needing to say they need to get their hands on it and trying to get their hands on it as well. So it's kind of strange if this kind of Kickstarter kind of secondary tale is kind of kicking off, which is always kind of, um, which just seems to be kind of interesting and kind of odd. But I agree with you about the clutteredness. I think even 18 months ago, two years, there was maybe potentially one game that you everybody was kind of looking out for. There was one really big game that came out every kind of three to six months. And now it appears that there seems to be at least seven or eight games which I would be seriously looking at and saying, oh, they're, they're really, really interesting. And then the really big games seem to be like one every one or two months now. I mean, this mm-hmm. month we've got... Um, is it? I don't know. My, I guess as more games get produced, it means there's a bigger choice. Does it mean that there's occasionally going to be a beautiful game that maybe makes its funding but gets caught under the wave of everything else? We'll be, you know, we'll need mm-hmm. to see. I don't know. It's interesting. Both, both of those things, yeah, seem 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 true. I, I like the fact that there's more games than you can afford so you have to be more selective mm. to me that creates a unique choice yeah. for an individual and you can have a group that can go in and they can start communicating with each other about which ones they're going to get yeah. for their gaming group and and I think that's a benefit so I, I do think it's wonderful I do too just because the more you know the more that there are these these things for people to experience and to enjoy together the better it is for for everybody in the industry I think it pushes the level up as well. You get to a bigger bar in terms of, I guess, um, it kind of has a qualification as well because people really have to do their homework. They have to kind of build their community, get their name out there, kind of more, kind of more and more. Which is, you know, seems to be the the kind of the watchword and the kind of the case. I guess you you hit the nail on the head, Mark, when you said, "Well, it's crowdfunding." So if you mm-hmm. if you've not got a crowd, <laughs> how do you expect yeah. how do you expect to kind of fund? Um, right. In terms of you going back, I know you're obviously in 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 full flow of kind of finalizing designs and everything along those lines. Has it had? Has doing the campaign having had an effect on your kind of your day to day jobs as well? Then, <laughs> yeah. It has. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, I've cloned myself twice now, and the okay. three of us can't get everything done. They don't even get along, really. We, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's multiple, argue, multiple personality disorder is what it is. And so I just fight with myself in the mirror most of the time. Um, it's cute sometimes, and sometimes it's just not cute. So, no, it's it, it definitely has, has changed. The opportunity has changed my perspective about what I can do and and it's caused me to be more intentional about what I want to do with my time. Yeah. Um, I don't want to necessarily have a full-time job and then another full-time job and then be a dad and then try to manage relationships. It's, it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to do all the cool stuff all the time and none of the bad stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's caused me to put some, some, some processes in place and, and talk to a lot of mentors about how I can structure, kind of the business side of my life um, and what 
Orange Nebula is is a huge driving factor in that right now. Um, and uh, you know, I there's no, really no guarantees. Um, I, I will tell you the thing that I think we have going for us is an extremely hard work ethic. Like if you're going to be successful in life, you put the work in. Yeah. If you're looking for, if you're looking for shortcuts and you're looking for Kickstarter to do the work for you, uh, or you're looking for, you know, the, the quick win, I think, I think it's possible that you can get lucky every once in a while, but that's not going to be good for you in the long term. Um, so, so yeah, how, how I manage my day, um, is kind of where, where my focus is. Um, and so, yeah, my focus right now for Epoch is to, is to complete manufacturing, stay on schedule, communicate. Um, we haven't even really done any marketing for the, the pre-order store is still open. People can still get the game and stuff like that. We haven't really done a whole lot. We've got a couple campaigns we're going to launch starting kind of in the holidays yeah. for like a, probably a three month push or whatever. But, um, but yeah, there's only so much bandwidth that we have right now. Okay. I would say. Okay. We're just excited about the opportunity that the crowd provides to us too. You know, as, as people have attached to the idea of Orange Nebula and the products that are being created here, we're just excited about the opportunity of being able to spend more quality time producing products that, you know, are going to inspire people. So, so it definitely affects how we organize our day and how efficiently we want to work on the projects that are, you know, our agency project projects so that we can have some headspace and some time to really uh, pour creativity into this Mm. Mm -hmm. so did mark did you think you know looking back you think you would be you know 25 and have a successful kickstarter behind you and you know looking forward kind of thing um because i was you told me you were 25 um I, I was 25 (laughs) this this is accurate i i I was 25 Yes. At one point for 300 You should see Lacey's face right now. That's all I'm saying. Um, At one point for 365 days, I was yeah. definitely. <laughs> I was right. definitely. This is a truth. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, seriously, I mean, if we went back to you like five years, you know, five years ago and said, listen, you know, you are, you know, you're potentially going to be, you know, doing this board game thing kind of full-time, you know, Orange Nebula is going to have a name. You're not only going to be looking at having, planning out, finishing off your first successful Kickstarter campaign, but you're planning on the kind of the follow-up products. Did you, would you, would you, would you five years ago turn around and went, yeah, of course, yeah, I know that. We've got the plan. No way. I, I would say that confidence has always been there to, to bring a, a solid product into the world, but... Um, you don't know what the results are going to be, how other people are going to respond to what you're doing. You know, you might be the only one that likes it. Um, and playtesting will teach you that. I mean, a lot of people are going to associate well with the game. Some of them are, are not. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really know. I, I will tell you that um, if you push enough into it and, and you listen enough to the community, you can't, you can't miss because the community is going to tell you what they're responding to. You're going to use that data. You're going to inform the work and, and then you're going to give them what they want. Mm. So long as you don't take it away from what you want as well. Um, it's important to me to bring ideas into the world that, that are, you know, unique to me in a way, mm-hmm. like, like I'm authoring something, creating something, um, for people to share. And I, they don't even need to know. they 
probably could not care less who I am or what I'm about. But if, if this can impact them and their relationships, and I, th- I think that's super exciting for me. And I want to continue doing that. Um, the creating and the generating of ideas and the imagination and the story and all of that is just kind of what, what Lacey and I get excited about. Yeah. Or um, people who just take steps, you know, I mean, you, you attach to a purpose and you just take a step and take a step and take a step and you just, you're going to end up, if you're attaching yourself to a purpose that's, that's far enough on the horizon, you know, and you just keep taking steps towards it, it's just a matter of time before you get there. You know, that's, that's, I think the way that both of us kind of look at things is that we're, we know that, that, that it's that almost anything is possible just i mean without sounding really cliche like we we can accomplish whatever it is that we want to accomplish i think and you just keep taking steps and attach the to to that purpose and the heart mission and things will just happen you know mm. you do something like this and, and you realize that it was in many ways easier than you thought um i told myself for years and years and years i should design a game but then there's always an excuse yeah uh, when am i going to have the time i don't have the money i've got other responsibilities those are just lies that we tell ourselves, um, and they keep us from doing the things that we're that we're capable of doing. So you come out of something like this, and you and you feel unstoppable. All for, limitation is self imposed, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we're like, well, what can't we do? And 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 you know, then you just kind of stutter. And then um, we sit down and and meditate like Jedi's and see if we can levitate. That's, that's, and I think at some point that could be possible. We will be levitating by the next show. By the next show. This next interview. I am. Yeah. I'm waiting. You can levitate over here then. <laughs> you could sit on that's, a, that's you could true. sit on our couch. We could do like a face to face. Yeah, that's right. These live. are not the meeples you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can go about his business. Move along. There we go. <laughs> um, and then, and the other thing, you have also had effects um, positively on direct members of the community. I mean, we cannot avoid. Let's face it, we can't avoid the big Tom casual in the room. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> The big Tom. <laughs> That's hilarious. I like that. She's relishing that. That was funny. Well done, Richard. Yeah, thank um, you. Thank you. I'm not cutting smiling. this bit. This bit's staying in. Uh, <laughs> That's right. This bit's no, getting repeated cool. at the end. Right. We're just gonna. Yeah, we're gonna bookend that one. Yeah. Um, big Big Tom's awesome. He's a he's a cool human being, and um, he uh, is is somebody that I got a chance to meet in the middle of the campaign. Um, just, um, just through board game geek and through the community there. And, um, I think that it's just showcases kind of what orange nebula is about. We're starting to find talent in the community and just like everybody has a voice, like, like bring something constructive and and imaginative forward. And he kind of demonstrated some of his writing skills and kind of his, his clever wit. And, and, um, you know, so we're going to be incorporating that into the lore book, um, stretch goal for the game and um, you know he's an hour away from from us so it's just really easy to kind of get together and, and go over details and um, so now he's he's kind of part of the team um, and that's just such a cool really you know, cool. <laughs> story yeah it was it was so neat as we went through the process like when when Mark unveiled the guilds, you know, and he put in the guild icons and told people he goes <laughs> he goes okay. Here, download this icon and and make it your profile and support your guild, right? And we cut it was almost a joke between us. Yeah. And then people started doing it. No, I it saw was awesome. I yeah. saw it. And you could Yeah. You could see the talent that that 
was just unbelievable in so many of the backers in the community who were writing these like odes to their guild. Mm -hmm. And you read through the comment section and it's all this just beautifully written content. And and there's just gems of talent in in there. And, And Big Tom was one of them that was just, that was just awesome to read any of his comments. So we're grateful to be able to have him with us. Yeah, like like people were writing poetry about their Seriously. guild and, and, and defending their guild against I other saw, backers I and their that. guilds. For weeks! And, and you know, the idea was to have that happen. And it, I think it happened even, you know, in a stronger way than we anticipated. But that was the goal. It's like, this is the Orange Nebula community. <laughs> exactly. We want people to kind of take sides and start to build these conversations around what we're doing. That's the point. It was so fun. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, it's still there. I mean, the community still exists. There's probably people talking away right now. I think you've got, yeah, it's almost 8,000 comments. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, every day there's still... Just, there's probably yeah. a good 20 comments a day still. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's for, still... For a campaign that's long dead, <laughs> or long long past, I should say. It's 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 completion date. The end of the epoch has, yeah. has come. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I mean... You've got like folk like the um, the Great Pumpkin, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, get, for get sure. Coming up, who, um, you know, there's just people. I I know it's obviously big big Tom casual, but there's still people that are rocking their guild colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's so cool. It's really really quite cool. I think the last the last comment is um, I'm gonna just call him out here, Scott Benson <laughs> saying no. They are eating goat pumpkins. I have yeah. no I have no idea. See, exactly. I have no idea. You said it perfectly. I have no idea what that means. You, you gotta keep you gotta keep up with the threads, you know. There's a lot of really it's interesting lot, stuff. There. It's a lot of hard work because you would go back it's not like I mean I've seen um I've seen campaigns that have been doing really, really well and you go in and there's maybe a couple of hundred there's a couple of hundred comments. But what what I noticed with um, Epoch is you would go in, and if you hadn't checked, if you'd missed the day, mm-hmm. if you'd missed the day, you'd have maybe missed the entire turning of people swapping yes. guilds and and having infights and in jokes and you know just um, no question. putting people on blast and things like that. It was <laughs> happening on a constant <laughs> kind of basis, which was kind of really cool. Of course, the best thing about it is. You continuing to communicate with the backers after the campaign and letting them know actually what's kind of happening, which is really you know it's you know it's it's good to see that you've, you're you're maintaining that. So when the next one comes along, it is almost like you've got the pre-made backers that will say, "Yeah, let's kind of jump on board." Which I've seen, I've seen people jump from, and I think it was, um, I think it might even be, I've seen people jump from like campaign to campaign and say all right mate i saw you in the city of kings campaign kind of thing how's it going Mm -hmm. and then people kind of jump all together and there's a i think there's a couple of people that you you see um jumping from campaign the kind of the super backers there's a i think russ on c is one of them who if he steps into your campaign you're like yep there i i reckon there are kind of maybe a group of backers that if you see them in a campaign there's pretty soon there's going to be people that are other people that are going to be jumping in from different campaigns because one of the things Kickstarter seems to be very very good at or quite scary about is that you see people 
backing projects and you get people notifying people of other mm-hmm. backing other projects and that kind of helps to build the community there as well which is really kind of it's really quite interesting it's really quite scary because you can see how often your friends are actually <laughs> jumping in and kind of backing yeah. stuff and it's like oh you're backing you're backing that chocolate teapot why are you doing that right. yeah i get notifications every time mark backs something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Tells a lot about it. That just yeah, it's yeah, terrifying. Yeah, it is, yeah no, isn't that, it? It's a review copy. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the review? Um, it's um, it's it's um, it's somewhere um soon. Um, but going forward, where are you with where are you with in production just now? What's what's happening? Because there there are going to be backers listening to this, and you know. I'm sorry about me. I don't apologize for them because they're fantastic. But whereabouts are you in terms of the process of getting the games out to to people just now? We are ahead of schedule. Um, I hate to say that because I don't want people to think that they're going to get their game earlier. You know, uh, the end of May, just lodge that into your mind. But um, yeah, we're ahead of schedule. I I have a couple of advantages uh, just with my normal career in, in like print production management and those types of things. Um, now, granted, I'm working overseas on this one, but um, I met the manufacturer at Gen Con in person, and we went through everything. So I feel extremely confident. Um, just by nature of of my business, we're we're used to working with files and you know graphic files, digital files, yeah. and the prep and all those things are just really simple for us. So I feel really really. St- strongly that we're going to be um on on time or or before before then mm. um barring any unforeseen issues outside of orange nebula which you know we can't really control but um yeah we're in the process now of getting um molds made for the the miniatures which is the most time consuming task and what i'm actually trying to do and i'll share this is i'm i'm going to try to make those as big as i can in the existing mold frameworks that we have uh-huh. so that means they may be a little larger than i advertised um they may not well it just kind of depends they're very complex now um have you seen them richard i have i do yeah. you love tell, tell, how do you like them they're very cool i do like them <laughs> I um I actually made a representation of <laughs> Yes you yes you did. Thank thank you, Richard. I, I thought they were absolutely so nice that I decided to make them sculpting, not using clay or um alabaster or marble, which is my usual medium when I'm sculpting. Obviously. Um, yeah. but I decided to go <laughs> I decided to go straight in there with some um, some gluten free sausages and uh, and mashed Is there potatoes. Sausages. <laughs> yeah, I, sausage. I saw I saw the monument that you erected with that. <laughs> um, well, well done, my friend. I'm hitting him over here. <laughs> I I just thought you know um, if you're gonna do something, you might as well kind of you know do it wholeheartedly. I think that the sweet red peppers around the edges were a nice touch. I agree. And I also, I agree. I, I'd like, also like to say that I do be, firmly believe that the mushrooms just added that little extra thing that you don't have in your models, and you need to consider. I'm not, um, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. 
you know, that's good. Well, if you're like us, you just open up a thread and, and ask people to vote whether they want the mushrooms or do they not want the mushrooms in the monument? You yeah. Know? But then you that's get, right. you get mm-hmm. somebody coming along saying, can we not have chorizo? I like chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> this is, this is accurate. Where are we, where are we going forward then? I mean, you've, this is, this is going to happen. It's going to get out there, you know, Mark's, game is going to be there people are going to be playing it they're going to be talking about it they're going to be reviewing it there's going to be probably about 15 or 20 people that are going to take time making youtube videos to tell you how to play epoch what about the next project where are you with that have you have you is that off the back of the kind of the i guess the kind of the cute you know the the kind of the design books are you thinking about how to put it together you thinking about kickstarter campaigns i mean where are you with that or you're not going to tell me like everybody else hasn't done (laughs) (laughs) no i I, um we are we are actively working on the next game Mm -hmm. um i I say that just with a little bit of hesitation because um it's not because of the success necessarily of the first kickstarter um it's more about the joy and the love of the process for me. Um, now it's interesting because if the, if the first Kickstarter had completely failed, I probably wouldn't be doing it. Um, because I want it to get out there in the, in the world, but, um, I do it because I love it. And the Mm -hmm. process of creating these types of mechanics and stories and, uh, engagement points Mm. for people is really exciting. And Lacey's really been working with me on this one. Um, I will, I will tell you two things about it. Um, it is a cooperative game with a solo mode. Um, and the first game Epoch, um, was a study in heroism and really was focused on, um, uh, exploring the concept of, of human attributes, Mm. right? Like, Mm. Like strength and knowledge and wisdom and inspiration and using those as resources, this game is a study in, in, in the group dynamic, the group attributes, um, and how that creates tension with an individual attribute. Um, it's a completely different setting. It's a completely different environment and world and all of that. So it has no relation to Epoch. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, that's, that's what we're working on. I will tell you we're in kind of ultra slow mode on mm-hmm. it because I'm focused on Epoch. Yeah. Um, I, don't want, I don't want any delays to happen, so that's my priority. On, on top of our jobs and kids and stuff like that. So it's kind of down on the, on the totem pole. Yeah. But, but I think Lacey's been pretty, pretty jacked up about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, Mark is the happiest and everybody loves to see Mark happy, you know? So <laughs> Mark is the happiest when he's creating something that nobody else can create, you know? So, yeah. so we just, uh, you know, when I realized that it'd been a few weeks since he'd really created something he loved, we just, and I'm like, I just started quizzing him about, about what the new game was going to be like. How are we going to start this, you know? And so we just started dreaming. And I, and and my job, like when you watch the passion video where I just ask questions and let his mind go, that's, that's really my, my role in, in our, I just ask the questions that really allow the creativity to be inspired and, and the joy that comes out of it is, is totally worth it. I just remember watching the passion video and and just thinking, damn it, those are really, really good questions. I wish I'd asked those questions. 
but um. well, I know you just got to have somebody who's willing to be vulnerable, you know. And so that's what I do. That's what I do with Mark. I'll sit there and I'll just I'll ask the questions that will dig as deep into his his heart and his mind and his creativity that I can. And what comes out is usually awesome. She probed into my psyche, and, and I'm still trying to recover. It's okay. Um, You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see you actually patting his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually right around his cheek. <laughs> You'll be fine. Just grab yeah, she, She's she's played a, a stronger role than that too. I mean, she's she's a, a highly you know intelligent individual and is is very like I like she says our heart missions are very aligned and so she gets it. Mm. Um, and and it's cool when you're putting a project together and you know not everybody gets it and that's okay. It's 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 always going to be that way. She's one of those people. She's been very instrumental, and there's a, there's a few other people that kind of just that I've met through through the, the process of you know epoch too that I'm gonna involve in, in the early stages, just to make sure that the story and conceptual approach and all of that are, are something that people are you know intrigued by. Mm. It's not just another you know not just another zombie game or another you know whatever whatever game it might be. Um, this has got to be something for me that. Um, inspires people to think oh that's just such a weird idea like what does that mean it just like drives that curiosity yeah um so that's cool and what about you Lacey? did you ever think you were going to be a board game designer or influencer <laughs> i mean did you I like ever think i was going to be it no not at all i didn't um but that that's not even what it feels like, you know. For me, my my degree's in broadcasting, so I oh. really I really care a lot about storytelling. Yeah. So this fits really really close into that as well. I I love to tell stories, you know. I love to hear somebody's perspective and be able to present it in a way that it can be applied to to other people as well. But I'm I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to to attach myself. I I say that I like put on a Velcro suit to this project and just like ran and jumped onto it. Does that make sense? Like when I saw something that was, that had the potential to inspire people in that way, I just thought I just made myself a part of it. Mm. Um, Just push, I just bowl my way in and just sit, sit there and, and do something valuable, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> Were you chat? Did you end up challenging Mark on some of the things he was going to do with Epoch as well? Because you, because, because you didn't come from the board game background kind of thing. Did you openly yeah. say kind of, you know, well, I know you would normally do this, but have you thought about doing kind of this differently? Cause I can't imagine anything better than having somebody is passionate about what you're creating, but also not being directly, directly, <laughs> my goodness, directly, <laughs> that is my teeth, that's my teeth slipping out, um, not being directly related to the industry or being involved in the industry, being able to look at something and say, and actually challenge them on it and try and break them away from normal convention. Would you say that, I, that that's something that I did? Yeah, I mean, I usually, it, it was helpful for me. So when you present something, I can ask, okay, tell me a little bit about the purpose of this. Mm. And then I can take that and I can, I, I like to consider myself the uh, the consistent checker for how um, a game element or, or a game mechanic can apply to the way that people actually think about life, right? So, mm. so he brings up, here's the attributes and here's what this move means. And I go, okay, so if I'm in normal life, 
Um, this is what we're trying to teach people by adding this mechanic, or this is what we're trying to teach people or get across to people by um, introducing this attribute or this element. So I like to consider that being being, and, and I didn't even ask Mark for that role. I just took it. Yeah, um, it's true. <laughs> um, you know how does how does this attribute help people in life? You know how do, how can they take this and apply it to how they make decisions every day? Yeah. Let's make sure that it's in line with that because that seems really central to you know what people are drawn to about the game. Because my head's in the clouds most of the time, and she just kind of has a strong rational mind to to help ground it for people. No, no yeah, I mean, no, you, I, uh-huh. I totally see where you're coming from. No. And I like to ask questions, you know, so as soon as he brings up an idea, I'm, I'm not always just the cheerleader for the idea. I'll say, okay, well, if, if that's happening, is this going to work? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? And, and if it passes, you know, three rounds of Lacey's questions, it's usually good to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's true. no, I mean, you've got the whole, um, the too, too close to the coal face, um, scenario where you have somebody that's so involved in a project. And I, I see it all the time. I mean, I, I help businesses, with their Amazon Marketplace and eBay Marketplace stuff. So they'll have a product and they'll be writing titles and descriptions and everything for it and they'll miss out key fundamental Mm -hmm. things in the title because they will say, well, it's a frost glass. And it's like, Mm -hmm. but you haven't called it that, so nobody's ever going to kind of find it. So it's good to get somebody challenging you and saying, well, listen, you you need to look at it from maybe maybe somebody who isn't involved in this at all and he comes up with a better idea and then it strengthens it because it, it helps communicate the whole idea an awful lot better. Wow, that sounded like even plausible. No question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think I think I think if you're making anything and trying to trying to, to bring it into the marketplace, you you need to be asking those questions of a lot of different people from a lot of different lifestyles and backgrounds. Mm. And if you don't, you're going to limit your success. There's no question. I mean, Mark's so good at that. I mean, he gets feedback from, from anybody and he'll take it, you know? I mean, I spoke to so many people who were the play testers who were involved in the project even before I was, you know, yeah. and, and they tell me about, okay, well, when Mark first brought this, it was horrible. You know, we, 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 we totally tore it down and, and he just came back and had fixed some of it and was ready for more input. And, and that's kind of just the way he is as a person. It's something I really value about working with him is that, that he doesn't just, just have an idea and you know beat his chest and say this is my idea this is how it's going to be <laughs> but it sounds like you've got the, it sounds like you've got the team it sounds like you've got the ideas it sounds like you've got the definitely the kind of passion and i mean it's it sounds like the if epoch is anything to go by your your next game that's going to be coming out is going to equally be something that people are going to be looking forward to experiencing and playing and kind of finding out an awful lot more about, which is very, very good. If you guys had, if you, and this is cheesy, if you guys had like one message for everybody out there that is about to embark on their Kickstarter project, what would you say? Uh, a lot. <laughs> he said one thing. You gotta, one you thing. gotta can it, can it. Uh, all right, what's yours? Love all the people, you oh, know, well, mm-hmm. as much, as much as you can give a voice, like a real legitimate voice to your community mm. and, and bolster them up, um, 
and just love on them. That's the point. I mean, why else create a product and sell it to anybody if it's not because you want to bring joy to them, right? So, so that's the point. We just love on the people. Yeah, I would say put the work in. Um, don't don't look for shortcuts. Put the work in. It doesn't mean you wait until it's perfect, but um, if if you think you're going to leverage someone else or something else, um, you're going to have a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there, I think there's a there's a work ethic required to to do something significant. Anything worth doing is is going to take is going to take that work. And the only time you're really going to be satisfied is when you've done that work and then it pays off. Um, so, yeah, if you like Lacey said, if you focus the community and then you, you put the work in, I think it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Mark told you in the first episode, but, you know, he read Jamie Stagmeyer's book, what, six times yeah. before. I mean, it's it's not it's not even just the work that he put into the into the game itself, but into the idea of crowdfunding and how it works and, and what steps to take. So, so it's certainly not an easy process to create and bring to life something like this. No. Um, you know, it's, it's countless lonely hours of, Mm -hmm. of creating with no promise of any return whatsoever. But again, if you attach yourself to that heart mission of what's the purpose, you know, what's the purpose of taking these steps and, and you just pick that point on the horizon and you just, you just keep walking, you know, I lied. I, I have a better one. You lied. Um, here, here comes, here comes the truth. <laughs> okay. Now just we're forget now everything we're I said before. Okay. I, okay. I think my advice to anyone going out and trying to do this is to focus really strongly on what is uniquely valuable mm-hmm. about what you're doing. Why is it unique? Why is it different? Um, and not like a spin off of someone else's idea or this reminds me of this. This has just got like a little couple things changed in it. Yeah. I'm seeing so much of that right now. Um, thematic change to the basic same mechanic. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the most rewarding thing is to, is to really innovate and focus on what is it that makes this uniquely valuable mm-hmm. and, and go from there. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, there is, the other question that I have to ask, which is, if you guys were in the middle of a zombie apocalypse... Yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> well, of course that's where it's going. Which I was in June, but go ahead. Okay. And you're running down the street, dodging the zombie horde. You run down an alleyway. There's um, cardboard boxes and there appears to be a fire exit door has been left ajar. You run into the fire exit and you're in mm-hmm. darkness. But to the left of you there's a f- switch that you flick. And the um, lights spring into life. And you find yourself in one of the biggest board game emporiums you have ever set oh your gosh. eyes on. Now there is everything 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 from obama llama to twilight imperium version 3 there is every single expansion there is all the rare cards all the non-rare cards all the displays all the collections all the anything that you could want of a cardboard nature in the middle of the floor which interestingly has a mosaic in the shape of a meeple there is a trolley, which appears to not only be sturdy, but also lightweight and manoeuvrable with almost a set of air brakes that will stop it going down quickly on a hill. You have the choice <clears throat> of taking any three board games with you. Now, you can have any expansions. 
you can have anything that's even out of print, but you're only allowed three. Now, on your travels, you're no doubt going to meet single individuals who'll be interested in trying to find their way home or forging their way forward to to survival. But you'll also come across communities of eights and nines and twelves and fifteens. But to the question, would you like to play a board game, the answer will always be yes. Which three games would you take with you on your travels, my good people? Oh, man. I'm going to be responsible for pulling the trolley. So you pack it, babe. (laughs) I think, um, wow, you hit me with this last time, too, and I should have just been prepared. Um, I have so many new games coming um, in my queue that I'm excited about. Um, it would be hard to pick three. Um, if I were to pick from my from my current kind of archive, yep. um, I, I would say, gosh, I really enjoy playing um, Zulkin, the Mayan calendar. That's, that's definitely one. Which I have played, um, which is fantastic, just for the Crystal Skulls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I like that one. Um, All right, put it in the trolley. I a got lot. It. That one's in the trolley. Trolley's leaving in a second, I can tell, so mm-hmm. I better hurry it up. There's banging um, on the door. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, I, I, um, gosh, I gotta tell you, um, I hate, I hate to be such a, such a fanboy. Um, I, I like, um, we had so much fun playing Pandemic Legacy Season 1 that I think my friends would want to play that one again, the Season 2 now that's coming out. Okay. Um, it's it's quite popular, and I hate to pick the popular one. Season um, two, season two is in the trolley. There is a small tinkle of glass in one of the corner shop windows. A small grey rotting arm with a couple of broken fingers starts to poke its way through. <laughs> oh, they're coming in! Is is this what's happening? You better, Richard, you're such a great story. You better today. hurry up. Just just describe. Um, I'll tell you what else is, is in the trolley that I haven't played yet, but looks interesting is, is a, is a Kickstarter campaign that I backed right now called Cerebria. Um, Oh my goodness. Oh yes. Yeah. Where you can, you can choose to play bliss or gloom. Mm -hmm. Uh, this, this, this concept is really interesting. Um, from the folks who I think made Tricarian and then there was another one that they made. Um, did they not? That, is that mind clash? Did they not make anachrony? I'm pretty sure they also made anachrony, but I'll check. Was that what it was? Yes, they might have been. Yeah, yeah. Cere- Cerebria um, would be one, and again, I haven't played it, so it's going to go in the trolley, but it's still in the shrink wrap. So, um, too early to tell if that's going to stand. That'll the test do time. your third. I mean, let's face it; we don't know exactly when the zombie apocalypse is going to be. Could be so, in the future. you know, yeah. it could. Um, it could be. Uh, any time at all um this has been amazing it's been fantastic it's been you know i mean it is like i'll tell you what exactly what it is it's like writing your christmas list and then waking up on christmas morning and getting everything that you wanted on your christmas list and just sitting there back in your chair like admiral akbar does at the end of return of the jedi (laughs) when the star destroyers just hit the death star kind of thing knowing that he's done a good job um Thank you very, very, very much for coming on because I know it's a trap. <laughs> exactly. it's, a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Um, <laughs> you nailed it, man. I've been watching that. I've been watching that film for 
I can't even talk about how long I've been watching that film for. Was it 83 it came out in? So I was nine. The third one was 83. I yeah. was nine when that came out. <clears throat> so that's been 30. I can't even talk about it. 33 years. I was just an ovarian. I was an egg at that point. 30, yeah. 33 years ago. Wow. <laughs> No, if, and I'm 25, so I don't. I don't I, I do, yeah, know. yeah, you used to, you would have grown up with a Phantom Menace and thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Darth Maul, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's using what's he using to measure those midi chlorians? Why it looks like a Gillette razor, lady shave. <laughs> <laughs> you watch that, and you will see that Qui Gon Jinn measures Anakin's blood using a lady shaver. <laughs> Alright, I'll check it out. It sprayed silver, but that's what he's using. See what I mean? <laughs> I will never know because I'm not going to watch it. No, of course. Good man. Alright, I'll watch it again. Oh, that's fantastic. There we go. Um, <clears throat> if people have listened tonight and uh, they want to keep an eye on what you're up to, what you're going to be up to, and what you've been up to, where can they find you on the interweb nets? Yeah, uh, orangenebula.com. Okay. Um, we have not been very active on our on our email um, campaigns, but we're kind of formulating a plan for that to, to reach out and and send some more communications out that way. So just getting on the email list there would be the, the strongest move. Um, you can also you know follow any of our social channels. So our Instagram, our Twitter, our our Facebook, um, and we're also still pretty active in Board Game Geek as well. So if you want information just about the game, there's tons of stuff there that people have been talking about and posting about, and and we'll stay active there as well. And as we as we go through the holidays and start putting a little bit more of a push on the campaign um, for product launch, mm. um, there will be a lot more info coming out as well. So we're excited to to get to engage with the community and keep building the community more over the next couple months. Yeah. We're releasing new artwork every week. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I saw, you said that you mentioned in, in the chat that um, the pre-orders are still available. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. How long, for sure. how long is that going to be open for? And they're discounted. So, <sighs> so retail on the game is seventy nine ninety five, and then the upgraded component one is going to be 99. Um, they're, they're cheaper than that right now. Um, until until we start shipping, and as soon as we start shipping, we're going to go to full retail. Okay. So um, they'll be discounted. Um, we're going to be taking those orders probably through February. Okay. And what we'll do is we'll make sure there is a link in the show notes so that we have notes to show. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, and um, bless every single last one of you that does, we do really appreciate. Um, we really appreciate the little community that we have as well. So thank you very much. You can find us on Twitter at We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Facebook at We're Not Wizards. We are on Instagram. Guess what? We're Not Wizards. We are on YouTube, which is We're Not Wizards Tabletop. If you find it, you will find us. We have videos. Well, what happens is that our podcast host, the lovely Podbean, automatically put the episodes that we post they automatically put them up onto youtube now as well for us so we don't even have to muck around with the mp4 files or anything like that so it's very lovely and we appreciate it a lot um if you can get us through the usual kind of podcast channels so you've got Acast and stitcher and spreaker and Podknife is very very good um they're an up-and-coming little pod uh, cast catcher which are well worth looking at and well worth supporting 
if you have liked what you've listened to tonight, and you really should, because these two are flipping brilliant couple of people, um, then we accept that. I, yes, I, I, will, I will accept that. This is accurate. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a true statement. Um, <laughs> then um, go on to Apple Podcasts because um, if you want to show us the support, jump on, drop us a subscription because that kind of wakes up the slumbering beast that is the Apple podcast and it looks over and goes, oh, somebody likes them and it bats its eye at us in a kind of a nice way. If you want it to kind of stare lovingly at us, then if you leave us a rating or a review. Now, as we say, if you're going to leave a rating rating or a review, don't give us a 10 because that makes us big-headed. But don't give us a 1 because that makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average. And we are pretty much very average, so there you go. (laughs) But um, for the two people that have not been average tonight, we have the wonderful, fantastic Lacey. We also have the rather amazing Mark Neidlinger. Got it right. We almost clapped for each other, like there was applause (laughs) almost for each other. Yes, Lacey's awesome. It's like being on Jeremy (laughs) Kyle. (laughs) <laughs> um, but um, there's only a couple things left to do again okay. thank you again for coming on the show It's um, it's been good it's been good to have you back on again Mark um, you're a bit of an ins- you. you're an inspiration for people that are thinking of going out there and pressing the button and Lacey you have been that force of nature that I expected you to be so it's been a delight to have you on as well um, Thank you. But there are only a couple more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards? We are barbarians. <laughs> if we try hard enough, we can use the force. <laughs> That's right. I want to see this force floating next year. Okay. Otherwise, I'm going to be best, better, uh, bitterly disappointed. Uh-huh. We're not puny wizards, no. <laughs> no. We are Jedi. <laughs> We're Jedi. We're Jedi using lady shavers to collect Anakin's blood. <laughs> um, and the next thing to do is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from the wonderful, the fantastic, the amazing Mark and Lacey. Say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, Thank you. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Um. Keep an eye out on what Orange Nebula are going to be doing because if it's got anything at all even close to the lovely community they built up among Epoch, it's going to be something very, very fantastic indeed. If you managed for some reason to miss the Epoch bus, there is still one sitting at the station and you can check out the show notes and you can jump on there. The driver's friendly, the seats are comfy and you're guaranteed to get a seat to yourself, which is always nice if you obviously fancy being a wretch. <laughs> that can aspire You're an incredible human being <laughs> that can aspire to greatness but until <laughs> but until next time goodbye <laughs>